My name is Stephen Williams. And my name is Brent McCune. We have a great new episode for you today. This is the third part of a series with Andrew Bledsoe. Andrew is the Executive Director for the Office of Health and Data Analytics within the Cabinet for Health and Family Services. Today, Andrew is going to be discussing the Image Exchange, which is a component of KHI, also known as the Kentucky Health Information Exchange. He will speak about the solutions to improve Image Exchange and the interoperability standards and the benefits of the Image Exchange. We're excited to have Andrew here to talk more about what they have to offer to improve care and exchange of data and interoperability across the Commonwealth. Let's go to the interview. joining us today for this uh, topic around the image exchange. Can you tell us a quick overview of what KHI is and what your role is for any new listeners that haven't heard us talk previously? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me back again. Um, I'm Andrew Bledsoe. I formally serve as the Deputy Executive Director to the Office of the Inspector General within the Cabinet for Health and Family Services. And while, while that is a mouthful, about 98% of what I do is I oversee the Kentucky Health Information Exchange. Now, Kentucky is unique because we have a health information exchange that is housed within state government. We are one of very few in the nation, but it is very strategically positioned and gives healthcare organizations across the state many more opportunities because we are set up this way. A health information exchange really is um, at the core what we are seeking to do is exchange electronic protected health information from one healthcare facility to another. That could be doctor's office to doctor's office, doctor's office to hospital, hospital to hospital, or any one of these agencies to Department for Public Health, local health departments, or even on to uh, federal reporting programs. So we offer a lot of different layers and levels and ways that we do this, but at the core, we are moving that electronic protected health information from one healthcare facility to another. So you can imagine being positioned within the cabinet gives us a lot of advantages. We have the opportunity to work very closely with Medicaid, public health, behavioral health, a lot of the different agencies that's important to be working with. We can um, collaborate and create very unique technology opportunities. So today we're talking about image exchange, and it's something I really don't know a lot about. So I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing more about what image exchange is and how uh, that operates within KHI. So can you tell us what is image exchange? Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting and fun project that we've been able to work on. So over the course of our 13 years in existence, we have built up a network of connections to electronic health record systems. But we're now adding in a new component connecting to PAC systems or picture archive and retrieval systems. So we're actually leveraging the fact that we have clinical information, we have clinical knowledge of a patient having an image done, and we're matching that with the actual image. Because up until this point, all we've ever known is that an image was completed on a patient. We also have, in some instances, transcribed findings and recommendations from a red image. Um, and so we're actually building upon that to include the actual image. 
And so it's, it's very interesting. We were very uniquely positioned to be able to do this. Um, we're one of the few HIEs across the nation doing this. But again, being inside the cabinet allows us the opportunity to work with every clinical facility across the geographic region of the state. And so we have a good representation of unique individuals within our system. And when I say unique individuals, I mean um, every individual has a record within KHI so that I don't have, you know, there's not an Andrew C. Bledsoe record and an ADOT Bledsoe or an Andrew Colton Bledsoe. All of those are consolidated into one unique individual. And I think the power of what we're doing here with Image Exchange is we are leveraging that repository of unique individuals to match with those actual images that are being completed. It's very unique and not the way that other HIEs and other image exchange is facilitated. When we look at like image exchange and um, its importance, how does it really fit into that broader landscape of interoperability? Yeah, so, you know, as I stated, we've only known previously that an image was taken, really. And in some instances, we've known the findings of that. But now that we're giving access to the actual image, and we do it in a couple different ways, we're really working towards cutting down on a lot of the duplicate testing that's being done. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, um, patients are being, they may start, you know, in a rural hospital and be transported to a trauma center. They may go to one hospital and then leave and go to another hospital. You couldn't have made me believe that that was occurring until I actually saw the data. And we noticed a very large number of individuals who were actually doing that. And so by creating this image exchange in any instance where an individual is going from one healthcare facility to another and they're intending to do their own images, we can replace the need to have to do that. So for the use case of an individual starting at a rural hospital, you know, that they may have had a car wreck or they may have had some sort of an injury and they're going to take an image there almost automatically. And then they're going to transfer that patient potentially onto here at Lexington, you know, UK healthcare. Well, if we can provide the image to UK healthcare instantaneously before the patient even arrives, there's not going to be that need for them to have to do an additional follow-up image, take up unnecessary time in treating the patient. It can make them more readily, you know, more ready and available to work with the patient. Um, we're creating a lot more efficiencies for healthcare, but we're also creating a much safer care delivery for the patient. You know, we're cutting down on the time it takes them to receive that care. So, um, you know, expanding beyond that, there are a lot of additional use cases. I know one time, actually my father, he had um, hip replacement and he had to go to multiple doctor's offices throughout that process. And he had multiple images done at those dif different doctor's offices, but they all wanted the images from the previous one. So he was running around trying to take images, trying to get the images, and um, some organizations charged for that. It was a very challenging task. Well, 
if each one of those organizations had that actual image, it would have created a, a much better care delivery process for him. And, you know, it just so happens my father works in healthcare, so he understood how to do these things. But when you talk about um, a lot of the people, a lot of the population doesn't work in healthcare, it can be very challenging to understand the processes you have to follow. It also kind of gives you a point in time reference to, to whatever injury, you know, might be in that image, I guess, because I'm just thinking back from when I've had x-rays on my back and um, one of those like silly, I can't even say it, it's not, it wasn't even an accident. I've been over to tie my shoe and uh, even hate to admit that, but been up, been over, tie my shoe, my back gets thrown out. I go get x-rays, they hand me a CD. Now I'm, now I'm carrying around a CD um, to, from the urgent care that did the x-ray back to my primary care, uh, really just trying to identify, you know, can they, and, and thinking, can they even like view this image? And, you know, what happens when I lose the CD or it's scratched? Um, and so this is like, it's great that it's electronic and can be exchanged between hospitals. Also, you know, I, I think a lot of payers would probably be happy because it reduced cost as well, right, at that point. Um, and that, as you mentioned, a hospital visit, uh, the door-in process of, of, you know, registering, you no longer have to get that extra scan um, taken if that's available immediately. So that's that's really good news. You talked about an interesting topic there, the CD. And it's it, everyone you talk to about image exchange, they, they have a story like that. And so this is a really easy topic to talk about because everyone has a frame of reference. But the CD is so interesting because there, there have been studies done and there's a range for how much it costs to actually produce that CD. And so we have, we use a conservative amount, $25. Now that takes into account the cost of the system, the maintenance of the system, the staff who are having to, you know, make the CD, put the image on there. And when you take that $25 over the amount of CDs that are completed, you know, we had a, a small acute care hospital report to us that they do about 30 CDs a day. I mean, you take a look at that over the course of a year, it was like $300,000 that they're spending on just printing CDs. Wow. Yeah, very interesting. A, a lot of opportunities, not just for patient care, but for cost savings as well. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing right there. $300,000 for a small, acute hospital. It already shows like the return on investment on getting on board with the image exchange. What's, um, what is KHI doing to improve the image exchange? Are, are there improvements out there, or you, are, is it getting up and running? Like, what, where does it currently stand? Yeah, you know, it, it took us 13 years to get to where we are with our network of clinical information. So we're really working on building that network of organizations contributing the information. And so since we launched this back in um early or no I'm sorry late 2020 we now have over 20 hospitals that are contributing images into the system so I really think that is where most of our efforts are focused on we have I think across the state 60 percent of the hospitals 
committed to contributing images, but it's just now getting slotted into their production and implementation schedules in order to, to make the connection happen. Um, and so that's really where we're focusing a lot of our attention. But it's beyond hospitals, too. You know, we find that there are a lot of imaging centers and a lot of um, ambulatory facilities that are doing imaging that we have to look at capturing as well. So you mentioned um, earlier about some of the benefits uh, from that one hospital and moving from the CD, from the CD to uh, being electronic. What other benefits are healthcare organizations realizing after being connected to the image exchange? Yeah, so we, we see several different things. One is realizing um, faster diagnosis. And so if you have images being made available to you in real time, you can see those diagnoses come back to you more quickly, not having to wait for duplicate or additional images. Um, we, we do see a reduction in those duplicate imaging. And so that is a, a really big goal of ours. And in fact, so much so that we did an analysis of our Medicaid claims data. And so what we did is we took a two-year period to try to look at all of the um, claims for an image that was completed. And we're trying to understand from that how much of that was duplicate testing. And so we were, uh, it was beneficial because we were provided to us as part of this implementation an, an industry expert from Mayo Clinic that actually helped us hone in and conduct a research project on this information. And so what they did is we pulled out the most common, the 10 most common images that are being billed for. And we looked to see, okay, of these 10, which ones, we tracked it to how many had a same day image. So same patient, um, same bill, same claim. How many claims had the same patient, same claim within one day, next day, within one week, within two weeks, within all, all the way up to the two-year period. And so what we actually found is that just with that, those 10 claim types, those 10 image types, we found $10 million in duplicate tests that were being done. Now, we understand some of those maybe needed to have been duplicative. You know, so if you're seeing something as a follow-up a couple weeks later, a couple months later, those duplicates are going to be very n natural. But the imaging, the uh, imaging specialist that was reviewing these dove into a sample of those and found that 60% of all of the duplicate claims for those 10 um, billing types over the two years, 60% were unnecessary duplicates. And so that's where we found that just with that subset, there was a potential in $10 million of savings. Now, that's only Medicaid. You take that across all payers across the state of Kentucky, and there is a huge opportunity here for us to have some cost savings. But that's also, that has an impact to the patient. You know, when patients are having to undergo duplicate testing, they're having exposure, additional exposure that's unnecessary to their bodies. And so it's creating a hardship for them, and we can create a safer and increased quality of care when we aren't conducting those duplicate studies. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. That you know, ten million dollars in savings, 
reducing exposure to radiation, uh, you know, saving uh, time with labor. So I would imagine looking at that $10 million, you know, in duplicate images, that doesn't even account for the labor cost mm -hmm. either at that point, right? It's, sure. That's really just billing. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, it, it's probably a much larger number than that when you dig down into actual everything that's going on and taking place with, uh, with the images. So tell me a little bit about like the standards and protocols used for image exchange, because, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of the medical history, patient history, um, from patients. And this is coming from all different hospitals. Are those standards and protocols the same or are, are there different protocols for image exchange? Yeah, so we follow all of the industry standard interoperability protocols. Um, a lot of this is transmitted over the common connections and data um, communication mechanisms like the clinical data, uh, HL7, but we've also thrown in um, DICOM standards as well now that we're touching the actual images. And, you know, let, let me also explain maybe a little more of how these images are exchanged and accessed. So we do build a connection from the HIE to the PAC system that gets us the actual image itself. But what happens is those images live on site at their host environment. So those images aren't being contributed to us. We're not storing those in a repository. When someone queries KHI for a patient, naturally we go out to all of our connections. We pull all the information on that patient and provide it back to them. So what we're what we're now doing is we are um, we store a document listing. So let's say if UK Healthcare has completed an image on this patient, they send us that that foot x-ray was completed. And that's what we're gonna store. So that when the query comes into us on Andrew Bledsoe, we say, UK, send us his foot x-ray, we know you have it. And so we will give a preview quality image within our um, web-based portal so images can or individuals can look at that and say yes that is the one I want to look at um, and that, that may be all that they need you know maybe they're a primary care provider and they're just wanting to take a look at the image um, so maybe all they want to see is that um, you know laptop resolution image but if it is the one that they want to look at more deeply in a diagnostic manner all they have to do at that point is click a button and it will go to their PAC system on site. And so that's where we're going from PAC system to PAC system. And they can view the image within their own native environment in a diagnostic quality manner. So that's kind of the two different ways that we make it happen. We also have a lot deeper of an integration where we can um, embed those listings of available images directly into an EHR. Um, so we have a lot of different av availabilities. Um, we're, we're, interestingly, when we invested in our technology, we were really trying to think ahead towards the future. And we got as much as we could receive from the federal government who was funding this. But what we found once in implementation some of those capabilities exceed what the EHR systems do. And so we are working hand-in-hand -hand with those EHR vendors to say, hey, let's make this a more intuitive process um, so that we can send an exchange directly with the EHR and the PAC system, all around those industry standards. 
all around the industry standards. Absolutely. So talking about like industry standards, look at like patient consent and data governance regarding these patient images. What type of consent has to happen? Yeah, so in general, all of KHI is um, information is automatically exchanged unless a patient opts out. So we're what's considered an opt-out state. There are some specially protected information like 42 CFR Part 2 data, but generally um, your clinical data and your images are going to be exchanged as a patient unless you opt out of having it exchanged. Now, it has created a, a, a great opportunity for us because we have seen a much more increased amount and significant amount of data exchange in the state because of the opt-out mm-hmm. versus some of the other states use opt-in, which means healthcare data can only be exchanged when a patient opts in, which also requires a lot of upfront consent management. Um, so it, it's a very um, interesting approach and one that has helped us to be very successful. That's that's uh, interesting pro- approach and you know much needed because a lot of times people don't realize what they're opting in to, so they often won't opt in. Yeah, so this yeah. you know is actually benefiting the patient, getting them better care, quicker care, getting you know images to the right place at the right time when needed. So that's that's really good. Talk about some of the barriers and challenges that KHI has faced regarding image exchange solution. Yeah, I think one that we're working on is adoption and awareness. And so, you know, as it takes a while to build that network, we're we're focusing a lot on that. And we're really putting forward a lot of initiatives and having a lot of conversations to try to help individuals understand the goal of what we're doing. Also, we have a unique approach in this. As I said, we leverage our master patient index, and we leverage the fact that we know where patients are receiving care, but we have a query-based approach wherein you ask us for the information you need, and we can give it to you in real time. Other solutions on the market, it's not such a real-time exchange of information. You would put out a request, I need this information, and then people will respond when they can. So there's technology processes, images are being exchanged electronically, but there's a lot of manual intervention with that. And so within our system, everything is fully automated. It just requires that we have those connections making available to us those images. So I think building out that network and also raising awareness of our unique approach and how we can provide those times and cost savings to the organizations. And we talked a little bit about how you're engaging with healthcare organizations, but from like adoption and outreach, um, what are y'all doing for from that perspective? We are through several of our events. Um, we're promoting our image exchange. Again, a lot of it's just communicating and socializing that we have this capability now within our system. Um, we're hosting as part of our KHI Discovery Labs. We include a component of this where individuals are able to um, touch and feel our system in person and they can see how the images are presented. We make it a component of that so that they can see the actual images within our system. 
Um, we've also been talking a lot about this at state conferences. So I've been working to speak at as many different association or events across the state to communicate this, as well as I have spoken on this nationally, too, about the work that we are doing. That's really great. And it sounds like, you know, um, from an adoption standpoint that it's moving along, I heard you say earlier you have 20 hospitals that are already participating. So almost a quarter of the way there. It's like it's, it's moving forward. So this is like really, really exciting. What advice would you give healthcare organizations on connecting to the image exchange? Who do, who do they need to contact? What do they need to do? Yeah, it's a good place to start. We have information on our website, khie.ky.gov. Um, so you can look up some general information there, but you'll also find our outreach coordinators information. They can help kind of give you an introduction and an overview and start communicating to you about what the image exchange is. And then um, ultimately, though, I love being involved in these conversations because this is very new to us. This is a very innovative project that we're working on. So I really enjoy getting to be a part of those. So I would encourage anyone to reach out to me as well directly. And so I can help get us on a path of communication and implementation schedule. Well, awesome. We do appreciate you coming in today, talking about the image exchange and all the great things that KHI has coming um, going on, all of that good stuff. So we appreciate it, Andrew, and um, look forward to our next episode. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That is the end of our interview. There is a ton of useful information in here about the Kentucky Health Information Exchange and their use of image exchange. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. We also want to thank Andrew Bledsoe and his team for working across the Commonwealth on getting organizations connected to KHI. Also, a big shout out and thank you to all of our Kentucky Regional Extension team members who have helped with this podcast and the program in general. If you'd like to hear more about this program, other episodes of the Pill Podcast, or learn more about the Kentucky REC, please visit KentuckyREC.com. One last thing. The information contained in this podcast is for general information purposes only and does not attempt to provide medical, mental health, or any other type of health care service. This presentation is not intended to be an alternative to medical treatment, and the content of this podcast may not apply directly to specific circumstances. The information is provided by UK Healthcare's Kentucky Regional Extension Center, and while we endeavor to keep the information up to date and correct, we make no representations or warranties of any kind, express or implied, about the completeness, accuracy, reliability, or suitability with respect to content. Thank you. Thank you.